Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome in. First of all, we got to say congrats to the LSU women's basketball team as they just won the national championship. I've never come off the back of a national championship. I have a feeling one of our guests have, but hey, welcome into the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU podcast live stream. That's right. We are back after a little bit of a hiatus, some travel issues, just life kind of gets in the way sometimes. We're here to take your questions and comments on the LSU versus Tennessee series, which saw the Tigers take two out of three from a top 10 opponent. And as always, thank you for joining me. First up, I'm joined by my man, Stephen Miller, Mr. LSU. What's up, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show, man. How you doing? Great, man. Great. It's always great to see the Tigers win, man. No Who doubt. And thought? especially against – yeah, yeah. I think it was a series, obviously, we, everybody had circled when they saw the schedule come out, especially look at back-to-back Arkansas and then Tennessee. And then my second guest today is Hunt Palmer. You can find Hunt every day on ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge from 1 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. He does a great job, and I'm lucky enough to be on, to be on his show on Wednesdays. But, uh, Hunt, how are you doing, man? Thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. I'm doing good. Good to be here. Good win for the Lady Tigers. Good win for the uh, baseball team over the weekend. It's um, all, all good in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I think everybody's uh, riding high. So hopefully people can uh, get down at that high, maybe join in on the live stream. And if not, we will always post it. We'll take your questions and comments as we go on. But uh, real quick, a little housekeeping duties. As a reminder, you can always find the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU pod on Apple, Google, Spotify, all the major audio platforms. You can also catch all the content on the YouTube channel and the Twitter account where this show will be linked. And once again, the Twitter account is at 60FT6INLSUPod. Before we get into that Friday game, very quickly, I want to give a shout out to some couple people that I had a chance to hang out with this weekend. Alex Day from the Weekend Rotation Podcast. He was in town for Arkansas and Tennessee. Also, I had uh, Jim and Randy that were in town, and they were on the Tennessee Preview Edition of the In Off the Bench Podcast. Then finally, Matt and Brandon. If you haven't checked out the two four, uh, the Spitting Seeds 247 Twitter account, those guys do a very cool job. They have some great graphics. They're just trying to grow the game over there. And then finally, the last shout-out, I cannot forget my guy Jacob. Jacob came up after the Friday night game as we were sitting there talking baseball and just talking about the game. He stopped me, shook my hand. He said it was nice to meet me. I don't know how he recognized me, but he listens to the pod. I told him I'd give him a shout-out. So, Jacob, just wanted to make sure you got your shout-out before we get into it. All right, fellas. LSU takes two out of three. They win game one in the series uh, Thursday night. I've been saying Friday a lot, but Thursday night, five to two. So, Hunt, we'll just kick it to you first. So, look, heading into game one, how confident were you that LSU could take this game when they went up against Dolander? We know he's one of the best pitchers in the country, but especially after what we saw LSU do on last Friday night against Arkansas, against Hollander and Hagen Smith. You know, how'd you feel coming into that game? Well, that's the game everybody's been circling for months around here. I mean, you obviously know what Tennessee created uh, you know, two years ago, going to Omaha, beating LSU in Super Regional. Then last year were the maybe the best team I've ever seen, uh, top to bottom. And you know, coming back, having your entire weekend rotation back, there was a lot of buzz around Tennessee in the preseason for good reason. Um, and you knew that Dolander would be going in game one. You knew that LSU was going to counter with schemes. You were going to have two guys that are probably going to sign for north of you know, $14 million in signing bonuses here in a couple of months. And it was going to be, you know, in one of the great settings in college baseball with two of the best arms in the country. And it delivered. I mean, it was an incredible environment. Uh, it was a great ball game. And uh, I, I felt going into it that LSU had a great chance to win. I'm, I'm going to feel that way about just about every game they play, uh, especially with schemes on the mound. So um, you know, LSU's offense is better than Tennessee's. 
Um, they are more proven than Tennessee's. And, and the pitching, I thought, was probably going to be just about a wash. So that's the one that I felt pretty good about LSU entering the weekend. It was the next two where I'm looking at LSU starters and going, okay, not as proven as opposed to Tennessee's, which have been very, very good for, for a year and a half now. So I felt pretty good going into that first game. Yeah, it was um, – I probably felt a little opposite. You know, I just I just didn't know what they'd be, get, be able to get out of Dolander. But we kind of learned um, doing some different research that if you had to get to those guys, you better get to them early. And look. Steven, another magnificent performance from Paul Skeens on the mound. And being in that stadium, we were all there on Thursday night. It was absolutely electric. The atmosphere was magnificent. It was everything you want college baseball to be in that setting, on that stage, with those two studs going up against each other, duking it out to see really who would blink first. But look, Steven, LSU comes out the gate swinging. You know, they hit Dolander hard in the first couple innings. And they left some people on base. But were you surprised at how well LSU hitters were able to barrel him up from really the first inning through the time he got out the game? Man, I just hats off to Jay and the crew. It's, it's just like that they had a plan and they stuck to it. And, man, that plan worked. But it's getting back to the atmosphere and stuff. It, it really felt like an LSU-Alabama game in the fall. I mean, you the, there was a huge buzz all week long. Tailgating was huge Thursday afternoon on a work weekday. And my goodness, the, the crowd, the lines for every gate were like waiting on them. It's just to open. It was just like a dam. It was just like ready to bust. Crowd showed up nice. Weather was perfect. Jay Johnson, the guys, they they had a plan going, going in. And man, did they execute and they executed early. Yeah, I mean, the first pitch of the game, in the bottom half, the inning, you know, Dugas absolutely smokes like 97 Smoke. in the left center gap. And I was like, uh-oh, it looks like it's on. You know, um, LSU can't get anything going in the first. And that just seemed to be the theme against Dolan Hunt. You know, he goes four and two-thirds, four hits, two runs, two earned, three walks. The surprising thing to me was only three Ks. So LSU did a great job of waiting him out. He may not have had a, his best stuff, but I've, I've put a lot of that on LSU with their approach at the plate. But early on, it didn't seem like LSU could grab any opportunities to score, you know, first and second in the first inning with nobody out. Tennessee wiggles out of it. Then another time it feels like Dolander wiggles it out of it again. Hunt, were you worried early on that LSU may come to regret some of those opportunities they missed in the first couple innings? Yeah, I mean, if you looked at the statistics, I think you all did a pretty good job in the uh, preview podcast of painting the picture, and I did it on my show entering Thursday's game with Dolander. He had given up something like 11 runs, in the first two innings. And then after that, in like 22 and two thirds innings, he'd given up four. So once he settles in, it's, it's really tough to get him. And LSU put some pressure on him early, but they weren't able to to deliver the big blow. I think the one spot that I would have have done something a little bit differently than LSU did. And I realize it's not a very popular thing to say, but when they got the first two guys on, I think it was the third or the fourth, um, but Morgan was coming up with two on and nobody out. I would have bought him there. The third baseman was playing way, way back, and Cruz and White are coming up next. He's an All-American type player. It's not a very popular opinion to have Trey Morgan try to lay a bunt down there. But in a game like that, where you are confident your pitcher is going to going to throw zeros up there, and every run is so so precious, I think you know, given an opportunity to move two guys in a scoring position with those two guys coming up, would have been something that I would have tried to do. They didn't. Morgan hit into the double play, and, and LSU wasn't able to scratch. But they made Dolander work hard enough that the pitch count got elevated, and, and yeah. Tony had to go to the bullpen, and that's that was a theme the entire weekend, and it has been a theme with this team 
really against everybody not named Hunter Holland. Yeah, no, you're right. And it, we've talked numerous times on your show, Stephen. Everybody's texted on here, I think, but we've talked about their approach and the fact that they make people work not only the first time through the order, but the second time, and it's a total team approach. And, and you're right. They drove up Dolander's pitch count early. But the Vols take a 1-0 lead in the fifth, but then you got Gavin Dugas, that man, comes up, and he hits a monster two-run home run to put LSU up 2-1 to one after Thompson leads off the double, and then Dugas comes up. And Dugas, to me, just continues to show up for this team in clutch situations. I know that people seem like they think Thompson's clutch, but I look at Dugas this weekend and then what he did, obviously, it's Texas. You know, Stephen, what do you think about Dugas this year and just how he's performed and just his story as a whole, you know, and what he's meant to this team? I mean, I think I put out a tweet. I think it was yesterday. said, if you look up in the dictionary, the word leader and captain, you're going to find a picture of him there. I mean, he – He's like the glue on this team. I mean, do we have a lot of new uh, new parts? I mean, a lot of have a lot of old parts, but him just being there is just bring it's bringing it all in. Man, it's just something you just can't measure. I mean, he just got it. But yeah, I yeah I, I uh, had a few texts uh, early in the innings, and folks were like like complaining about the tagging up and uh, leaving guys on. I was like. But I just feel like the dam is about to break. As I said, we keep hitting them hard and we keep hitting them hard. And eventually that dam's going to break, especially it's, it's just like you said. You got schemes pitching there and just lights out. So you know it's just going to take one or two, maybe three runs, and then that's it. I mean, they just kept peppering it and peppering it and filing shit. Do guys, he hit one, and I think it landed on the bridge, to be honest. <laughs> I think it that's not yeah, confirmed. It- that thing was um, – I was too busy high-fiving the people around me, really. And I don't – I mean, I kind of lost yeah. it. You know, I'm not even you know, first base at you high over there across the uh, – behind the left field bleachers. Yeah. But, Hunt, I think it may have been one of the – your D1 guys who comes on with you uh, during the week to talk baseball. But one of their writers put out there Friday night um, that they thought Thompson was the heart and soul of this team. And I responded on Twitter, not in a bad way, but I just disagreed. For me, it's Gavin Dugas, you know. I don't, I don't necessarily want to make you have to choose, but where do you stand on that with regards to kind of the heart and soul of the team? We know they got star power, Cruz, you know, Tommy Tanks, Skeens, but in terms of, you know, like like Steven said, the glue, what do you think? It's both guys. It is. Um, they Gavin Dugas has been here for half a decade. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's seen just about everything, and he's he's a great player and is a great leader on the team. I, I can t- also tell you those guys adore Jordan Thompson. Uh, he is a rock in that locker room. He played through injury last year. He's had huge hits in his career. We know he had the walk-off homer in, in Minute Made. He had a big hit in Hattiesburg in, in that Saturday game last year in the regional. Um, he's he's just a he's a really clutch player and a really, really good leader. So uh, you don't have to choose one. They got two guys in that locker room, and there are a bunch of others that are are just big time leaders and and it's a it's a team that appears from the outside to have a really good way about them. I, I think there's I think there's a lot of guys that like each other, a lot of guys that take accountability and responsibility and it's uh, it's been a good mix as far. There's no doubt. It's um yeah, I mean, I mean I don't know if you can like I don't know a ton of these guys, right? I'm not on the field with these guys all the time, but just what you said, Hunt, you can kind of feel that come through the screen. It feels like and when you're at the park to where it's um it's not about them. It's just about all it's about the team, right? It's not personal. It's about us, you know, not about me. It's about we, and I totally agree with you, but look, Tennessee ties it up in the eighth, but LSU comes right back again 
and it's that man Thompson, you know, uh, two outs, they really make something happen. And Tennessee kind of miscued right there, right? Paxton Kling is able to beat out an infield single. And then Thompson comes up with a huge basis clearing double as he is able to score three runs right here as we take a look at this clip. You know, they get 0-1 on a slider. And I was just shocked that Tennessee decided to call a uh, fastball right here. And Thompson smokes it into the right center gap, scores three. You knew they were going to score three as soon as it rolled to the fence. And for me, that place went bananas. It felt like a football stadium in there. You know, you see the coaches pushing everybody back so they don't get ejected by some crazy umpire right there. And um, shout out to my son for grabbing that clip right there. But, Stephen, you know, just going back to Thompson, we know he was kind of much maligned. It felt like everybody, you know, he was everybody's punching bag last year with the defense and whatnot. And he seems like he's really proven the critics wrong. But what do you make about JT's play up until this this point in the season so far, Stephen? Just stellar, man. I mean, this is like the uh, guy on Hunt show said. I mean, he's he's like a captain. I mean, he's playing shortstop for the number one team in the nation. You've got to have that it factor. So, I mean, you, you're going to get all the action. You, you're going to get a lot of praise, and you're going to get a lot of hate. So, I mean, he's embraced it. I mean, he just shows up every single game. It just seems like every time there's like a big play, he's coming up to bat and – Getting getting a hit or making a great play on defense. I mean, he's always there for us, man. I mean, there's just something about him. He he's just clutch. I mean, because I, I know I would want him up at the plate and like a yeah, no, uh, yeah. And I think his defense is much improved this year. You know, I did have a head scratching moment in the ninth actually in one yeah. of those games, but then he, but then he comes to make you know I think yesterday in the first he just made an unbelievable play. You know, it's it's just he's just healthy. Right, he's finally healthy. I didn't know about the injury until they talked about it in um, before the year started. But I mean, Thompson just a massive play right there. And that's a lot of pressure, obviously. And he comes through in the clutch. But we haven't mentioned the guy yet, and it feels you can't talk about Friday night or this case Thursday night without talking about Paul Skeens on the mound. It's hard to believe we hadn't even really brought him up yet. But Hunt, look, he is once again dominant. Skeens seven innings pitched, five hits, one run, one earned, one walk phenomenal 12 k's another double digit strikeout performance i mean i know we've talked about plenty on your show hunt and i know you've kind of waxed poetic about it but is there anything left to say about paul Skeens at this point you know up until this point of the season no i mean he's 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 a true ace and that's something that is just vitally important as you get into postseason play if you're if you're going to go out there i mean you assume that lsu should be able to handle a four seed on a friday in a regional if you do that, then you hand the ball to Paul Skeens on a Saturday, and you, you can take control of the regional that way. In a super regional, you're going to hand the guy that guy the ball in the first game, and you're probably going to win the game. I mean, he's just he's yeah. almost unhittable for college hitters. There's just not a lot of guys that are going to have a ton of success against him, uh, especially when he throws strikes. And you only had one walk in the seven innings uh, back on Thursday, so it's it's fastball. The fastball velocity is the best in the country. I saw a flow chart on it last week that showed all the, all the starters in college baseball. He has the hardest average fastball and now he's throwing a really good slider and he's throwing a 90 mile an hour changeup. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's just, it's elite, elite stuff and it's elite makeup and command and it's the whole package and it's going to make LSU really tough to deal with on, on weekends. Yeah, no, I think, I think uh, one of your ESPN partners over there, Hanny, I think he had KP. I think he had Kyle Peterson who was on the call this weekend. And to your point, 
I believe Peterson mentioned on Friday, Hanny had him on that he had the after the Thursday night outing, his average fastball was right around like 99 and then some decimal places, which was harder than any major league starter last year, like the whole year in terms of their average fastball for starts. And that just shows you how impressive he is. And the fact that, look, Stephen, Skeens has mowed through three ranked teams so far with A&M, Arkansas, and now Tennessee. And I and to myself as a pitcher, I'm like, I want to see you prove a little more. I want to see you prove a little more. And I'll do it against, you know, Ahuna and Christian Moore and Blake Burke and Dickey and Denton. Those guys can hit, man. They can swing it. But he just continues to produce, and he's going to have to do it next weekend when he goes on the road to South Carolina, and that's going to be a hostile environment. Is this – Stephen, is this something that the LSU fan base should just expect? Like you should just expect Skeens to go out there and mow for seven innings? You know, is, is that fair I mean, to him? Uh, I think so. I mean, I, the, for me personally, because I kind of feel like it's, a, it's reminiscent of when Nola – and Lane, like, started on Friday nights. So it was like, okay, we know we're going to get seven. We know we're going to get about 10, about 10 Ks, minimum walks. If we can get three to four runs, that, I mean, it's a wrap. I mean, and, and man, Skeens has just been absolutely mind-boggling. This is video game type stuff. I mean, it's just, I've, I've run out of adjectives, basically. I mean, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't I, think of anything else. Yeah, no, I think um, I think there were like 75 pro scouts that requested press passes for the Thursday night yeah. game. And it just goes to show you the fact that, you know, I think his last pitch of the game was 100, 100 and whatever the decimal places showed, you know, and he's popping yeah. 101. I thought we were going to get a true 102 with the atmosphere on Thursday night. You know, I thought he may he heat it up against Blake Burke, but it just made him look silly with some sliders. Well, uh, I'll tell you who else it. was there in, in, in addition to scouts, the Washington Post – came down because the Nationals picked second and their schemes, really? Dolander and Cruz were all playing. So they 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 sent um their one of their writers down to write a big feature on all, all three guys in the same ballpark. It was um it was that Thursday night was a big deal um because it, it was the everybody else no one else was playing. So if you're gonna right. watch college baseball on Thursday night, like you're gonna there's thirteen thousand in the box, there's schemes, there's Cruz, there's Dolander, like you know that's impressionable for a lot of people that, that may have been watching. Yeah, it's um. I mean, go ahead, go ahead, Stephen. No, I mean it. I mean it's just like I said. You got a 101 mile an hour fastball, and you break that off with an 84 mile an hour slider. So I mean, good luck. I mean, you just close your eyes and just swing as hard as you can, and just hope you make some contact or something. I mean, it's good night. I mean, and then a nap. Now he's showing his 90 mile an hour changeup. I mean, good luck. Man. Yeah, it's um, I mean, yeah, because even when you get two strikes, right, you can't just throw the fat, you know, you got to gear up for the fastball. And then when he throws yeah. the slider out of the same release point, it's disgusting. And I think, you know, um, the fact that they talked on a couple of broadcasts ago, maybe against um, Arkansas, maybe, or even AM, just how, how much his two seamer moves. And they're talking about 12 to 14 inches of, of movement. You know, they, I guess nowadays they call it horizontal break. But the fact that he can throw that to lefties, it starts down the middle and ends up off the corner. It's just it's unfair. And as a, as a, you know, I think anybody, a fan, I had Tennessee fans and I was standing right next to him with Randy who did the, the preview pod. And he's just, you just have to appreciate what he is and what that was. And I appreciated watching Dolan to throw. You just have to appreciate just good college baseball and guys going at it. And you, you yeah. can put your fandom to the side for a moment and say, this is just really cool. You can walk out of there and say, that was fun. Yeah. You know, that was fun from yeah. a fan's perspective. But heading into the Friday game, LSU was 
you know, they, they face Chase Burns. And, and when you talk to some Tennessee people and Hunt, you maybe even heard had this when you had the Tennessee beat writer on that some people think Burns has a bigger upside or maybe even just better stuff than Dolander. He throws a little harder. His slider is absolutely disgusting, you know, and that thing can get up to 90 miles an hour. And LSU sent Ty Floyd to the mound. And as we know, the Tigers came out on top six to four as they came back uh, to take the lead late, kind of midway through that game. And look, Floyd struggled again, like he did against Arkansas early in the game. But then he got, and you know, against Arkansas, when he got settled down, he kind of cruised. But Floyd gets off to a rocky start as he gave up a solo home run in the first, in the first, and then a solo home run in the second hunt. And just, you know, I know you dig into it in your show, and you're going to do a great job on Monday recapping Floyd. But what'd you think of his outing? coming off to Arkansas to where we kind of saw him. He was at 70 pitches like we talked about in the third, and then he just cruised. But in this one, he, he was still kind of fighting himself a little bit. What would you think about his outing, Hunt? I thought it was okay. Um, you know, obviously, Ahuna ambushes one early and hits it off the center field wall literally before I'd even sat down. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, you're, you're down one to nothing, and he gives up the long ball in the second as well. Um you know, he, he, he was gritty. He was gutty. He, he was okay. I, I would like better. Um, you know, I think that LSU's rotation is a question mark at this point after Skeens, and we'll, we'll certainly get into that. Um, but, you know, I thought he was okay. That's about as, as, uh, as far as I'll go in either direction. Yeah, that's uh, – I don't know if I can go much further. That's kind of – you kind of hit the nail on the head. But, Stephen, hey – Look, Floyd gets the win. He goes five innings, right, just kind of up and down. Uh, six hits, four runs, four earned, one walk, which is good, five Ks. And he kept LSU in the game, it felt like, right? LSU bounces back in the bottom of the first as they score three with two outs. Obviously, Tennessee, you know, their defense is kind of shambolic at times. But what do you think, Stephen, with uh, Floyd's outing and his ability to keep LSU in the game, you know, kind of piggybacking off what Hunt said, what do you think about Floyd? Yeah. I mean, it, it's just kind of just like a – Oh, um, but the main thing is, is, is Floyd is following schemes. So the opposing team is facing 101 nasty slider, nasty change. And then, and then you go to Floyd who, whose fastball is up there in speed, but, but you don't get a lot of run on it. I mean, he, he just mm-hmm. kind of had a pedestrian day. What, what would you say? Like five innings and six hits yeah. and four runs. But the main thing is though, is he threw strikes? So he, so he had what? One walk. So he's letting our defense work, which is good. But I mean, is, is facing, I mean, is, is following schemes is, is, is just going to be a tough, tough ass for him. But he got the win and that's kind of sa- saved him there in the bottom of the first because, um, I mean, that was a big time answer. I mean, because we if uh we don't score on the first and then they come back in the second score and it's two zero, then yeah. we may have a di- uh, the different situation. Yeah, no doubt, and that, that that leads us right into the next point. You know, LSU answers back with three runs. Morgan hits a double. White hits a double. Beloso comes up. He hits a double, and then a uh, circus takes place on the uh, Tennessee mound. As that was a mess, as Pearson it goes down in the book as a double to the pitcher. Yep, <laughs> and yeah. um. Look, Hunt, what do you th- what do you make about LSU's lineup? You know, they score – it seems like they score so many runs with two outs. And their ability to answer back. You know, I put it out there on the preview pod. It's one of my keys to the weekend. I felt like LSU was going to have to come back this weekend late. I just had a feeling. I don't know why. It was just a hunch. They did it. 
Thursday night. They do it a little bit, not as dramatic as a fashion on Friday night. But what do you think about their lineup and just the ability for them to – they get punched in the mouth, right, right out the gate, but they just find a way to come back right there with two outs, huh? Yeah, I mean, look, Tennessee scores a run in the first. You come back with a three spot. Uh, Tennessee takes the lead uh, with a two spot in the fourth in that Friday game, and you come back with immediately two more. Um, that's that's important to be resilient and to and to take advantage of the mistakes that Tennessee made, and they did make some mistakes. Can't deal with the ball over by first base on Thursday night. Not catching pop ups on on Friday, um, and then you give LSU extra out or two, and, and it's dangerous. I thought that Jay loaded the lineup on Friday against Chase Burns with a lot of. Uh, left-handed bats because of that slider and how good it is. So he had Morgan in there, Beloso, Pearson, Joe Bear, Neal. Um, he went heavy on the left-handers. And yeah. that slider's still really good. Um, but Trey Morgan up there in the two-hole goes three for five in that game. Uh, and had a, had a big night, and it, and it was good to see Tommy White um, contribute as well. Pearson got a hit. So uh, they've got a lot of options. They've got a lot of talent. They've got a lot of different ways they can beat you. Um, and I think it's, as far as the biggest credit I can give the lineup this weekend, is that you saw Chase Dolander on Thursday, and he didn't make it out of the fifth inning. You saw Chase Burns on Friday, and he did not make it out of the fourth inning. Then right. you saw Drew Beam on Saturday, and he threw four innings and gave up six runs. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it's that's his, that's the best weekend rotation in the country, and none of them sniffed the fifth inning. No, it's uh, yeah, you might as well cut that and put that on your show tomorrow because that's I mean that's yeah. that's fabulous. I mean that's you're right. Best best rotation in the country, and I don't. You can take your purple and gold glasses off, but people need to admit, like these dudes can throw it. They're all going to be all going to be big leaders. There's like no doubt. And quickly, they all throw upper to mid nineties with multiple pitches for strikes. And for them not to get out the fifth, that says a lot about this lineup. How they just wear on you and wear on you. But Hunt said it, Stephen. You know the vol. The, yeah, the Vols hit it. You know, I think uh, Zane Denton hit the two run shot in the fourth but once again the tigers come right back with a solo bomb from brady neal off a slider from chase burns and gavin dugas goes back to back there's that man again dugas and then he eventually comes around to score the winning run as he just crushes a ball off the right center field wall and at the time i thought that kid caught it you couldn't tell with the white background but he gets it he leads off with a double and then they manufacture a run right there really quick i want to touch on neal I think everybody knows this story by now. Hunt and I probably said it 20 times between us, but this dude is supposed to still be in high school. Like he should still be at IMG and he's catching, you know, a top five pick in the draft. He's hitting, he's starting as a freshman, the number one team in the country. And Steven, I was surprised to see him win that job outright from Malazzo. I thought they may split some time early on, but he just wow. he ended up just taking it and Jay just went with him. Steven, just talk about him and the job he's done as a freshman this year with the bat and then behind the plate. You know, and you see a lot of catchers, right? You ump some very good high school baseball, you know. So just talk about Neil from your perspective. Is the kid is is obviously is way is way mature beyond his years of freshman. I mean, because we've got a 17-year-old kid here. He's coming in, he, he he's he's working schemes, he's working all these big name guys and turn around and he's getting it done to play too. And big thing is too, is his arm strength. I mean, shoot, he gunned down some guys this year that that kind of I was like whoa I mean shoot we got a defensive and an offensive guy here and he's only 17 I mean you just can't say enough about him I mean the the home run he hit what was that Saturday uh Friday was yeah. huge yeah it was massive right it, it gets it yeah 
it uh, you know, it ties the game really. And so, um, for him to just crush a pitch, you know, it's <laughs> the guy seeing Chase Burns, he throws a ninety mile per hour slide that hangs, and he and he's able to turn on it. But yeah. uh, I wouldn't say I'm burying the lead, Stephen. We'll stick with you, and then we'll go back to Hunt. But to me, I mean, you really could say the story of the game, besides you know what Dugas was able to do. But the story of the game is after Ty Floyd leaves, you got Chase Shores and Griffin Herring, two freshmen kind of, you know, showing what Neil can do. But then you look on the pitching side of things. You got Shores comes in and he throws 6-7. Herring comes in and he shuts it down. Steven, what did you make about Jay going to those freshmen right there? And what do you think about their outing? You know, four innings of, of, of zeros they threw up against the Vols. Man, I love to see it. Love to see it. I mean, it's Jay just like, all right, guys, you want a shot? Here you go. About to throw strikes. I mean, you just look at Friday and Saturday's or, or Thursday and Friday's game combined. We had two walks total. We had one from Skeens and one from Ty, and then the rest were just zeros. All your relief zeros, and it, for me, that's the biggest change from third from Thursday and Friday to uh, Saturday. Is it's just walks. It's just free passes. I mean, you, you just can't allow it, and it's obvious that 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 that. Jay is uh, is is real, real tight on that. So, Griffin's is coming in and just getting the job done. I mean, it's, it's just like Garrett did uh, Thursday night. I mean, shoot, he had what Zinning in, in two thirds with two hits and two Ks and zero walks. Griffin, yeah. he comes in Friday, two innings, four Ks, no hits, no walks. I mean, not much more you can ask from a freshman like him. I mean, I mean. I think I heard him say uh, in, in the uh, pre, in the preseason that next year he's got a shot to take a weekend spot, possibly. Yeah. Aaron. Yeah, there's no – yeah, no, I totally agree. And there's no doubt, Hunt. I mean, I think Herring uh, – we'll get into it. Let's, let's save that for later. But uh, <laughs> I think you know where I'm going to go. But, yep. look, Shores and Herring, four innings pitch, two hits, six Ks. I was – I don't know if I was surprised by Shores – and uh, I've never been down on him. I just know how tough it is for these guys to succeed. They have this stuff, right? They have great stuff, both of them. But you've slowly seen them get worked in to the bullpen during the SEC. And I was I was a fan of, after what Herring did in the eighth, where he dealt, I, I probably yeah. turned to my son. I think Alex was standing next to me, Alex Day. I was like, throw him back out there because he looked. He was yeah. pounding the zone, getting ahead of hitters. Hunt, what did you make of those two freshmen coming in against the top – 10 team and i mean four zeros on the board when you gotta have it you can't you know you can't let anybody get on or you gotta work out of some jams they just slam the door so that story has basically two pronged it's one that jay went to those two guys when he could have gone to christian little he could have yeah. gone to riley cooper who he obviously very much trusts he could have gone some other directions instead he says no we got a tight spot against one of the top five teams in the country and we got to get four innings worth of outs and we're going to go to chase shores, the freshman. And then we're going to go to Griffin Herring in the eighth <laughs> inning of a two run game for six outs when he hasn't done anything remotely close to that all year. And I thought that the statement it made to send him back out there for the ninth was a big one. And the response was unbelievable. Um, you know, that's, you never know how much a jump guys are going to make from January scrimmages when it's 49 degrees outside and there's a hundred people there to 
okay, now it's 80 degrees outside. There's 11,000. What's the adrenaline look like? What kind of stuff do you bring to the mound? And Griffin Herring was in the mid-90s with his fastball. He was throwing yeah. strikes. And, I mean, Jay said it last last week, pre, previous to Tennessee, he said that kid's going to be a star here this year, and you're going to see him in games. And so I, that is – that's a, a guy that I want to see have his role um, – in an increase and in whether that's as a starter, whether that's as a high leverage reliever, he looks like he's got the stuff, the moxie, it's all there. And we'll talk about, obviously, I know we're going with what happened with LSU starting pitcher in game three, but yeah. even, even if you look at Ty Floyd through two weeks where he hasn't been dominant and in working into the seventh inning, the way this staff is shaking out, you're probably going to have to have a lot of guys as opposed to three guys that eat a ton of innings as a starting rotation, you're going to have to have a lot of guys on a weekend to work to get all the outs. And those two, you know, stepped up in, in this game and, and nailed it down. There's no doubt. And I think the most impressive thing I saw from Herring was first pitch strikes, you know, just pounded the zone. And that is exactly what you want to do in that situation to where you're already 0-1. You know, he's 92. I don't care if it's down the middle, just as long as it's down in the zone. And then uh, obviously he has a wipeout slider, but he's coming in face, facing like just dudes, right? Christian Moore and Blake Burke. I think he made Blake Burke just look silly. And that's a lot for a freshman to not just get caught up in the moment. And yeah. I will say this, a tip of the hat to him. When they made a mess of that absolute last strikeout, right? Brady Neal misses it, and then he relaxes, and he just nonchalantly throws it to first, and Morgan drops it, and it was a cluster. And you can kind of feel like, uh-oh. But then Morgan just goes, bam, I mean, excuse me, Herring just goes, bam, 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 first bam. pitch strike. He doesn't let him affect him to where, you know, things could have gotten a little out of hand, a little shaky, but really impressive by the freshman. And we're going to go from good right there to ugly because on on uh, Saturday, I keep wanting to say Sunday. On Saturday, look, it was a mess. And we saw Tennessee take the game 14-7 to as they salvage a game out of the series. And I think for this, I don't want to get into every inning because that would take us another 30 minutes. And I'm not even going to focus on the, the hitters. Although I will say, look, Dylan Cruz went nuts. Trey Morgan went nuts. Cruz went four for four with three RBIs after having a relatively quiet game one and two. Morgan goes three for six with two RBIs. Bear Jones had three hits, which is good. But look, the biggest story of this game is the pitching. And let's get into it. Hunt, I'll start with you. Thatcher Hurd, another shaky outing. And I want to say this to everybody, and I don't know if the herds may actually be listening. I love Thatcher Hurd, and I love his potential, and he has been lights out at times this year. But he has another shaky outing, his third in a row. He doesn't record it out in the first inning. And I put it on Twitter so everybody knows. I, myself, back in the day, I had a start against Mississippi State. I did not get one out. I gave up four runs, and I was back in the dugout, and actually Bertman like, sent me home. He said, go rest up for tomorrow because you may be in relief. <laughs> So if, if anybody's been there, it's been me. But Hunt, yeah, Hunt, four hits, six runs, six earned, two walks. Uh, just what do you, obviously what do you make about his outing? And, you know, uh, we're going to get into this later on fair or foul. But where does LSU uh, maybe go from there? It's really disheartening um, because I believe that LSU is one piece away from this being a complete team, and that is um, a number two starter. I think Ty Floyd's been fine. I think the ceiling for Thatcher Hurd is higher than Ty Floyd's because he's got a little bit better mix. He spins the ball a little bit better. Um, and he has the potential to be a first-round draft pick as a pitcher and showed that against at, at UCLA. 
he's coming off a serious injury, and he spent a lot of time not pitching. I thought he had kind of found it against Butler, and he looked really good in those two non-conference weekends before conference started. But now that's that's three times out there against really good lineups and three pretty poor results, and, and obviously the most disappointing one in game three this week. So um, LSU is in a position because of their talent and because of the way the schedule shapes up with no Florida and no Vanderbilt, and you've already played Tennessee and Arkansas and A&M, and you've got some games that you're going to win here coming up. So they have the luxury – to be patient if they want to be, because it's not going to kill you if you send Thatcher Hurd out there against South Carolina and he gets lit up again. You're you're in a, you're in a, a good position because of the talent that you've got, and you're going to win a lot of games. I think they're going to make a change. Uh, I think they're going to look somewhere else and and see if they can get Thatcher maybe some innings in the midweek to clean some things up. He's not throwing nearly enough strikes. He's not missing nearly enough bats, uh, and then he didn't get any help. But you know, Gavin slips and then. They play poor defense and can't catch a pop-up. But it's really disappointing because right now you you can look at this two different ways. You can look at this as as what the – which everything's set up great for them right now. Or you can look at this from a perspective of this team is expected to compete for a national championship. And the fact that they're not getting – really strong starts from anyone other than Skeens on the weekend is something that's got to give you a lot of pause when you get to June. It's not going to hurt LSU in April or May. They're going to be fine. They're going to hit a, hit a ton. they got Skeens on Fridays. Like They're fine in the SEC. It's just a matter of will it bite you when it comes down the road, and that's something we'll find out in June. No, that, 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 I mean, that, all great points, and I totally agree. Steven, you know, do you think it's uh, – um, obviously – having you project right here, but lack of confidence, you know, do you think it's his stuff, maybe a mechanical issue? I know some people maybe uh, in the comments are wondering about his back. Obviously, you know, Hunt, Stephen and I were talking before we went on live and, you know, uh, Hunt alluded to the fact is, you know, Jay just doesn't um, talk about injuries. So I don't know if that's any big secret, but he just, you know, he just doesn't talk about them. So yeah, I don't injuries think are just not, not for the media. Which there is you fun. go. Yeah, so we just won't know, right? But Stephen, what do you think about Hurd's outing? You know, anything you see in particular, or just uh, just struggling to find it? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just the it's just the inability of, of him to just get a hit early. I mean, I think I texted somebody after like, like the third batter. I was like, man, I was like, it just don't look like he's got it. I mean, and then he he continued to struggle, and it it it, it weighs on you. I mean, and it just looked like it was just too big of a scene for me just he never could just get it off his back and just get a first pitch strike and then get it out and then we got the ground ball there and maybe you could say the grounds crew just went a little extra heavy on the uh watering so say but i mean <laughs> uh but yeah i mean he he, he was straight he was struggling to throw strikes and just like i said he was struggling to to, to get any help i mean and and you can and then you combine those two things and man set yourself up in a bad situation, and then there we were down 6-0 in the first inning. I mean, it, it's very rarely is that you're going to give up 10 runs in the first two innings and, and try to make a game of it. But Yeah, and, and yeah, and I felt for him, right? You could see it on his face on TV. He yeah, was just he's good. He's, good. he's mad at himself. He's frustrated. He, I'm sure he's disappointed they let his teammates down. It's obviously not the outing anybody wanted when you have a chance at a sweep. And um, – I'm sure it's just like I don't understand why. Well, you, I just don't understand why I can't find it. 
it's uh, it's just it just sucks personally for him that you, you spend your entire week preparing for your start. For in this case, on Saturday, usually on yeah. Sunday, he spends the whole week getting ready for Saturday, and then it's over in 15 minutes. And he didn't get anybody out, and then you have to wait a whole another week probably to get back out there. I mean, if I was Jay, I would love to see him start the game against Nichols on Tuesday. Just yeah. say, hey, give me one inning, give me three outs. Yeah. That's yeah. all I need you to do is get three outs against Nichols. Um, I don't know if he'll do that or not, but it's just. That's disappointing from a personal perspective that that's what your entire week's geared up for. And like that, it's over. Yeah, no, um, I agree. I, I I would love to see him get the start, maybe keep him at 40 pitches, you know, let him get one time through the order or yeah. something like that or, or two innings. And then, um, you know, almost as a treated as a bullpen, yeah. but just a way for him to have some confidence going. But look, maybe there was one bright spot in that 14 to seven loss. And it took a little while to get there as Raleigh Cooper comes on in relief for her and he scuffled early, but then he kind of finally got in a groove and he gave LSU a chance to win it. I don't know about win it, but get back in it. and LSU left a ton of guys on base towards the end. And, and in hindsight's 2020, right? I remember Steven, you texted me, you were at the game and I was watching the broadcast and the broadcast is behind the live action. And, and Steven goes one batter too late, one, one batter too long. You know, he goes, uh Oh, and I'm like, I guess something's getting ready to happen. And he gives up a two run home run at the end of his outing, the coop, so it's five and two thirds, eight hits, six runs, six earned, two walks, five Ks, and and uh, at least he got to extend a little bit right there. Stephen, what do you make of Cooper's outing? Is that maybe a little bit of a silver lining right there in that Sunday loss, I mean, Saturday loss? Yeah, man. I mean, comes in the game, bases are juice, nobody out. I mean, best case scenario there is you give up one or two runs. I mean, what did he he like gave up? What the last two? in the first inning and then he came and he came back in the second inning. it looked okay but he gave up some well i think he gave up two in the second inning but four. the yeah. what was the uh uh gave up yeah, four. four it was a rough uh, sec- it was a rough second inning it was looked like yeah. bad in practice they were hitting lasers everywhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> then he settled yeah, down I mean, though he did settle down yeah, settled down third fourth and fifth but then in like the fifth inning, they started hitting some piss rockets at him, and we had a lot of long outs. I don't know if I text you in time or not, but I was like, man, I was like, I don't know about sending him out here again. It seems like we're just playing with fire here. And first guy gets on, and then that second guy, he he hits at a freaking mile. I'm like, oh, just – but 2020, though, it's like you say, one batter just a little too long, but I don't know. I, so I just feel like – Right in the fifth inning, I think it was we were down what 10 6, something like that. And, and and we were trying to make a little rally. Yeah. And we had, I think, bases full or second and third or first and second. Yeah. Morgan hit one pretty good into the outfield and they ran it down. And that would have scored a couple. Yeah. And then Cruz would have been coming up. It looked that was the part of the game where yeah. you thought, oh my gosh, they might actually do this. And then yeah. Yeah, they ran yeah. Morgan's down. And then they came back and put a couple more runs on the board. It was, it was lights and out. When they hit that shot against, Cooper, I was like, oh, I was like, that's the dagger there. I mean, it like went from 10-6 to 12-6, and you're like, yeah. oh, I just sat back in my chair. I was like, that's it, man. Yeah. You only get so many chances to come back from a big – yeah, you needed – when it was 10-6, right. right. you needed you needed to scratch two more or maybe right. somebody hit a two or three-run home run to get the crowd energized again and get them back in it, but they can never just put just enough pressure on yeah. Tennessee. Just, All right. leave, what, 12 on base? Saturday, uh, we left a lot. I don't have the stats here with me. I think it was like maybe seven or – I know at one point it was like seven or eight. So it, it was uh, – I know those two innings back-to-back really hurt. I think they left bases loaded right. maybe two innings. 
they couldn't get a key two out here. It was just it just wasn't meant to be. You're right. You know what I mean? So um all right. We're gonna try something new here on the sixty feet six inches LSU live stream here. We're getting ready to take obviously not not taking y'all's questions and comments. That's not new. But we're gonna do fair or foul. So I'm gonna throw out a topic and they're gonna tell me if it's fair or foul. Both guys are gonna get a chance to answer. And we're gonna pick up on that uh, Saturday message here with Herd. All right, Hunt. And a lot of people are kind of asking these questions in the comment section here. Fair or foul? Should Herd be take Herd should be taken out of the third spot, whether that's Saturday or Sunday. I think that's fair. Um, if, if they put him back out there in game three next weekend, I'm not going to be disappointed because I still want to believe that he could maybe find something. But I, I do think that they may they may look elsewhere next week. Stephen, fair or foul? Heard taken out of the third spot? That's fair. That's fair question. I mean, uh, I would like to see him on Tuesday, though, is, is just to get his comments back and just few, uh, maybe an inning or two. I mean – so I would hate for him to go no no outs Saturday and then come back on was uh we played thir- Thursday Friday and Saturday this weekend too. I haven't I haven't checked the upcoming schedule yet. I don't know Neither if it's back to Friday. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This weekend LSU's yeah Thursday uh, in South Carolina. Everybody's Thursday because of Easter. Okay, there you yeah. go. Yeah, so yeah, you got to wait like Hunt. That was a great point, right? You get ready, then you got to wait a whole seven days to pitch again. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I think I think we had a, a comment uh, that came up with um, let's see, Matt Beard, my guy over there from the Spitting Seeds two four seven account. Y'all go check out Matt. He was on a podcast not that long ago. All right, y'all can see that. Does Blake Money or Riley Cooper get the starting nod again? Steven, we'll start with you. Do you think that's an option right there, or do you think he leans somewhere else? I think he goes in another uh, another avenue than than those two. Yeah, Hunt. What do you think about those two? Uh, about Matt's for, question for right weekends. there. I think I think Shores yeah. and Herring are the two that you would look to. Um, Herring's gonna. They're, both those guys are gonna be weekend starters at LSU very likely at some point. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that Herring stretched out the way that Shores is because he started a little bit earlier in the season. Um, but I, those two guys, I think, are are probably options before Money or Cooper. Yeah, that was actually my number two fair or foul question. So we'll just kind of skip that. But I think. Nothing, nothing negative against Blake Money. Uh, to me, his stuff just seems to tick down this year. I don't know why. I saw him pitch in the, the spring. I didn't see him in the fall. And then when you watch him out there, it just seems a little – I think his velocity is a little down. His curveball, to me, doesn't seem as sharp. And um, I think he can still get guys out in the SEC. I don't know if I would go with him more than an inning. You know, right. um, but I think he's definitely a midweek guy. And Cooper, I think he's still trying to figure stuff out. I think he stays in that relief role. But I agree. You got Shores or Herring, and you got Little. You know, uh, mate, mate could run, you know, Christian Little out there on, on Saturday against South Carolina if you needed to. All right, here we go. Stephen, we'll start this with you. Fair or foul? LSU has a depth problem in their bullpen. They do not have enough reliable arms right now. That's foul. That's foul. We, I mean <laughs> – so, I mean, if you look at Friday and our or third or Thursday and Friday, bullpen just did great. I mean, I mean, Cooper he came in on Saturday and he quote unquote he held he held the rope enough, but really like what I've been seeing out of Gidry as well. I mean, it's, it's a couple of times that we've seen and he's come in and worked a, a, a nice clean crisp as crisp in. So maybe that's something to uh, build on. 
I don't know. Hunt, I don't think the, we, go ahead, Steve. That we have a problem though. There. Hunt. Yeah. Hunt. Depth problem in their bullpen. Fair foul. I would say foul. I think they got plenty of guys. Um, I think you feel really good about Garrett Edwards. Yeah. Uh, I think you feel um, good if he's healthy with Ackenhausen. Shores has been really good in SEC play. Herring's now coming along. You've got Cooper there as well. Little is a proven SEC talented arm. Um, I, you know, you could keep going and listen a couple more, just kind of depending on what it looks like in the starting rotation. And it looks like that's where LSU's going to have to go on weekends. Is you know, yeah. it's, it's just not going to be very likely that your game two or three starter is going to give you seven innings, seven and two thirds innings. They're probably going to give you closer to four, five and two thirds innings, and then you're going to have to patch it up from there. And you can do that. Yeah. That's what most teams in the country have to do. Most teams don't have what Tennessee has, where the rotation's got yeah, three right. first round picks in it. You've got that's what most teams do, and it feels like that's where LSU is right now. Yeah, right now, right now is the key. The key point in that sentence, I think. And I was just listening to your comment. I think you're spot on, but I was just kind of a little disappointed in it because I felt like we wouldn't be in that situation this year. To where I thought. Uh, Two and three, we're going to be a little settled, but look, there's still plenty of time. We still got seven SEC series left. Hunt, we'll stick with you. Fair or foul? This team doesn't have a killer mentality. Two chances to sweep with AM and Tennessee, and they just couldn't close them out. Foul. I think they're just fine. Uh, <laughs> no, I think they're. I think they're just fine. They just didn't play well uh, in those two games. The the bullpen kind of let them down in the game in College Station, and then you just got a very, very poor start in, in your uh, in game three here. The offense showed up. I mean, you, you if you would have told me walking in there on Saturday that against Drew Beam with their bullpen fairly rested, you're, you saw oh, Sewell yeah. in that game as our guy, hey, they're going to score seven runs on 15 hits in this one. I'd be like, all right, yeah. I think we're going to be in pretty good shape. Just You gave up 14 runs on 17 <laughs> hits, so – uh, just you just haven't played well enough in those games. Yeah, Stephen, fair or foul on that? No killer mentality. They can't sweep when they needed to. Way foul, way foul off the front ankle. Way foul. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean they they've got it. They've got. It. I mean, just go back to to look at, at Thursday night's game. I mean, you got Dugas, you got JT there. I mean, they got it. Don't worry about that. They got it. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Uh, I think we may throw some of these comments up in the fair file section real quick. Um, one more for you guys. Uh, here we go. We'll just do that right now. Just on the spot, fair file. And I failed to mention Beloso, you know, uh, in the preview pod, I kind of threw that in there at the end after I got a chance to sit there and think about it. You know, I thought he could play a big role in the weekend. And I thought he played a bigger role than what he did. He really – he only had one hit. I think he went like one for 12, you know, when I, when I went back and looked at the box scores. All right, Stephen, fair or foul? Belosho should start at first when Trey is in left field. Ooh, this is a tough one, but I'm going to say foul. For right now, I still, still got to go Jones, man. I, I just like his upside. Gotcha. Hunt, just kind of right here, right here on the spot. I'm sorry. I said, Joe, I said Jones is, 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 is just is, is too good of a crooked, crooked inning right there for him from one swing of the bat. Yeah. What you think? Um, I'm okay with both guys getting at bats. I would lean Jones more often, but you know, Cade's done a really good job. Um, I, I I would go 65 35 in favor of Jones if we were going to do that. I'd play Trey Morgan at first base is what I would do. But I would um, too. Yeah, exactly. So, but it, yeah, I mean, I think I, I want to make sure that Jared Jones gets his at bats because he's he's special. 
Yeah, I so think at times he's uh, – what's that? So we put a one little star on that. If uh, Paxton Kling is 100%, I, I don't want to see Trey back, is back in the outfield. But that's the big key. Is he healthy or not, though? Yeah, it's um that's the thing, right? You've seen like Joe Bear a little bit, you've seen Beloso kind of with his bat come back into the mix. Jones can have off days, but he's a you know kind of product of big swing and miss, right? He can go over four, then the next yeah. day he can turn around and get you seven RBIs. And um, you know, we know Jay likes to play the pitch and matchup game. So uh I was happy with seeing Beloso get a shot. You know, he brings a veteran yeah. presence to the lineup. You know, he had a rough day. He had a rough day on uh Saturday against Beam. Yeah. And against Sewell, he he was one of those guys where I think it was bases loaded, two outs, and he worked Sewell to a three-two. Yeah. And I put it on Twitter: Sewell just drops in like an eighty-two mile power changeup for a strike, and you're just like, Oof. That, "That's some cojones, right there, big cojones, Kelly. That's some cojones to throw a three-two changeup with the bases loaded." I was, uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, well, let's. Uh, I know we got to respect these guys' time, and they're getting ready to bounce. But um, one more. Uh, Let's see, last one. We'll go one more question right here. One more question. Fair foul, and then we'll get out of here. Pearson needs to stay in right field for SEC play. Hunt, what do you think about that? Um, look, I, I think Pearson needs to play some, but I do. I want Joe Bear at bats, and I want Kling at bats as well. Uh, and then you've got the situation we were just talking about at first base. So if you've got a situation where, you know, you've got – beam and he's throwing this ridiculous slider that you need a bunch of lefties in there yeah i need pearson in there if they got a case where you got some side winding left hander with some frisbee slider that the splits or the right handers are way better then i need to get jones and cling and those guys more at bats so i'm not there there are a few positions on this team first left and right and dh where i don't need one guy to just win it i want to do what's best for the team that day yeah i got steven really quick as we That's wrap up yeah i mean it is that's how it's just going to be. I mean, Jay's going to do the uh, righty versus the lefty let, let thing all year long. I mean, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, well, listen, I think we're going to wrap up here. Respect these guys, Tom. And, uh, that's going to do it for us here on the 60 Feet 6 Inches LSU Pod, the live stream. Thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you for the questions, the comments. I always appreciate the interaction. Now, of course, i got to thank my guest, Stephen Miller for hopping on here as always gracious with his time and then um obviously hunt palmer and y'all know where y'all can catch hunt every day monday through friday one to three on 104.5 espn in baton rouge and i'm on hunt's show he brings me on uh, i love doing his segment at 2 30 uh, i get about 10 minutes to talk some baseball as we look at the weekend that was and maybe preview the weekend that's coming up but uh guys thank y'all for your time i really appreciate it thank you All right, guys See yep yeah that sounds good so y'all make sure to tune into the YouTube channel and follow me on Twitter and uh, look out for the South Carolina preview dropping on Wednesday. Until next time, y'all stay safe. And as always, go Tigers. Go Tigers.